Hello and welcome to French Football Weekly, the podcast. And happy to say it's the podcast that absolutely never foresaw the opportunity to enjoy the good old-fashioned Sampaoli rant. Anyone that didn't see that, do look it up. It's fun. Probably the least relevant thing to bring up on this week's podcast, but I wanted to give it a mention because I do love a manager losing his shit. Anyway, my name is Chris. I'm your host for this evening's show as usual. And I've got Jazz and Phil with me. Good evening to you both. Good evening. Hello. Hello. Did either of you catch said rant on the touchline? It was quite the thing. No, I was I was attempting to keep up with the multiplex on Sunday evening, so I think I missed almost everything (laughs) (laughs) while watching what's going on. Sounds a lot like me as I was watching three games at the same time. I had the tablet, the TV, and the phone all going. It was it was quite the scene in my living room. But uh, yeah, less said the better. Right. We've got loads to get to this week, of course, and we seem to say that most weeks, but we really have got a lot to cover, given the fact that all of the teams played at the same time, as is the way with the last two games of the season. And whilst certain things have been decided, or one thing in particular has been decided, there's still a lot hanging around, which we are going into the final game of the season, unaware of what may occur. So we'll start at the top. Jez, I shall start with you. Uh, Lille, nil, St Etienne, nil was the uh, one of the three games that I was monitoring closely. And um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I feel it's important to bring up the fact that Etienne Green is actually English and from Colchester. I don't know if that was mentioned at any point in your commentary. But uh, that aside, it, it was full credit to him in fairness because he made a, a wonderful save late on from Yusuf Jezici's uh, free kick. He also was at the centre of, I believe, what ended up as a block from the Semitic defenders of Denai Yilmaz. But uh, would it be fair to say that Lille just didn't really do enough in this game? Semitic were really good. I have to give credit to them. I thought they, they battled and stuck at this game really well. And I think, was it Gutierrez said after the game that he... Was it Gutierrez, one of the Lille players who said that they'd never seen... It might have been Yilmaz, actually, said he'd never seen St Etienne play like this. But what what do you put the performance down to from Lille? Is it purely last-minute nerves, or is it just one of those nights? Or was it simply that they backed themselves to win the final game of the season away from home and they just wanted to make sure they didn't lose this game? What what, what did you put this, this performance down to? I think it's probably a mixture of all those things. Um, Lille's home form actually has not been as good as their away form recently so um in in some senses it's it's not a huge surprise and it's not the end of the world although i still think away to angers for for moulin's last match could be very very tricky um but yeah i think they 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 did look very nervous um so i, th- I think there, there was an element of that um and then yes yeah, Etienne were very good um, I'm not suggesting that they were ever going to sort of roll over and, and you know, let Lille have it, despite the fact that the sort of connections between the two teams might suggest that they wouldn't have been trying their absolute hardest. But it did feel like they actually kind of surpassed themselves. I mean, they have been in good form the last two, three weeks, but, um, you know, they, they, they really did look up for it and, and give Lille more than a good match. But... I think 
probably i mean although Lil were pushing right to the end and that 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 great save by etienne green i don't i don't know if you know but apparently he was born in england um no, don't, i don't don't lie jess don't, don't, don't bring that on this podcast goodness me. also like it's really funny because right because his name is etienne green yeah mm-hmm. and, right uh, oh like in green is <laughs> better that's yeah that's... <laughs> but oh, yeah i mean they're, they're pushing <gasps> They were pushing to the end, and and I thought they had a good call for a penalty, but yeah. I don't know why they didn't even show it again. Let alone they didn't even check it, did they? Or did have they have the referee they just go and check it? Which I thought mm. was a little bit sus, especially when we come to um, a certain early red card in a certain other match. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they were pushing, but at the same time, you know, it wasn't like Menon was going up for a, a last corner, so they knew that the most important thing was not to lose. Um, so yeah, I think a mixture of all those things, and definitely, I think everyone except PSG fans, because I think most neutrals want um, want Lille to win. I mean, I've even heard a PSG fan last week say that a lot of PSG fans want Lille to win. Um, mo- I think most people would have preferred Lille to win that one to give them a lot more leeway for the final match. But the fact is, it is still in their hands, and frankly. You know, I don't want to say it, but if they do manage to lose it from the position they are in going into this last weekend, then it, it will, I think, be seen as quite a big choke. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think that's a fair point because uh, we do, you know, they, they, if if you just said at the start of the season they'll be in this position, they'd have snapped your hand off. But now you're in this position, you really do need to close. So uh, I guess we will we'll definitely see. In terms of the challenges, Phil, that brings us to, to PSG, who dispatched Rouse fairly comfortably. Jez did make a mention of it in, in his roundup there, and I think he's spot on. A slightly questionable red card in terms of... I, I don't actually really know what the rule is in any European football anymore when it comes to handball, because oh, it, it, it's a clear... I'm not going to help you there, but... No. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's it's a clear the, the the incident we're talking about is um, Abdel Hamid's red card. Ten minutes in, so it's at nil nil. He kind of slides in behind the goalkeeper to to stop a goal bound shot from I think it's Mbappe, and it kind of catches his trailing arm as he slides. So by the letter of the law, he does stop the ball entering the net. So I guess that is technically denial. But for me, the pen was enough of a, a punishment. And to be fair to Neymar, but it I was elegantly struck down. But... If you give a penalty for handball, you have to send them off. That's I mean, double jeopardy is baked into the rules. Mm. So I just think that whenever Neymar does that really fucking annoying penalty run up, I just think, can we not book him for that? Because... <laughs> Just just kick it. Don't, you know, start doing jazz hands and all kinds of stuff up there. But, yeah, I it, they were down to 10 men in 10 minutes. And then PSG took full advantage. Which, yeah. I, have no, yeah. I have no issue with the handball. I just think it was clearly not going in. So... Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I couldn't tell. It, it was it was almost one of those that might have hit the post and gone in, but I do agree with you. There was it wasn't guaranteed to go in, was it? Again, I'm not sure that actually 
matters, which it, it there's a whole again, this is where I cannot help you. But yeah, the the whole situation, two nil up at half time, another two in the second half, four goal scorers, and you know, it's it is what it is. So PSG um did their did their thing and now they've got who is it Brest on yeah. the last day who yeah. don't look like they particularly give a toss but they might now do a bit they're gonna more have to. they're gonna have to now that's for sure so yeah it's uh i think what i got from kind of the top two results of this weekend was I was watching the Lille game when it came up on the um, on the multiplex just going come on come on because it's going to be a blood pressure issue for a lot of people I think on the final day yeah yeah it was it was fairly routine for PSG and I think you pointed out just previously they have had some trouble dealing with with France at home in, in the past. There wasn't such a problem this time. Mbappe got the second. Uh, Marquinhos, I think it's his fourth goal in seven games. He's on fire at the moment. And uh, Moise Kern with the late goal to make it 4-0. Uh, PSG's goal difference is, is far superior to Lille's anyway, so the four goals are kind of irrelevant. But yeah, plus 56 for them now. And it does come down to that, that final game. Maybe we'll touch on that before we end the podcast and just sort of give our predictions but um where we stand right now is is leo going to the final day with a one point advantage i mean mathematics are simple they they win their champions that's it it's that simple and that's probably the message you would imagine gautier will be delivering go and win this game you know one more big performance and that's done but as you both rightly point out mulan's last game you do feel like there will be a little bit uh, on the on the uh, or in the legs, I should say, of Angers. Or at least you'd like to think so, anyway. Um, but who knows? Maybe Stefan Morlan, um, now he's got his signed Neymar shirt, would actually quite like to see Lille win the league. Who knows? I can, just, I just, of course. can I just digress a little bit on Moulin? You First might. of all, it's in French, but I'm sure Google Translate is your friend. There's a <laughs> fantastic interview with him in, in France football. Mm. Um, and um, I don't know if it's absolutely confirmed or not, but it looks like he's going to be joining Caen who obviously are a sort of not fallen giant, but have been league and regulars and this year only, only just stayed in League 2. Um, but he's kind of talking in his interview about how he's only really had ever had sort of two coaching or managerial jobs and both, I think one was seven years and one just over now is sort of 10, 11 years. So he's clearly one for a proper big long-term project and, I think this could be a, a, a really good move and, and I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Caen gradually pushing back up and back up to Ligan and, and good luck to, to him and to them, I think. He's a great, he seems a really good guy. Yeah, well said. I think I must... our, our, our friend uh, Thomas um, on Twitter said, if you're surprised that an established Ligan coach has taken a job aside that only just survived League Dirt on the final day, then you, my friend, do not know about Stefan Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. And I think that that says it. I think he's he's a I hate to use this phrase, a proper football man. He's yeah. not bothered about the other 
shit that goes around it. He he wants to build something. And we saw that with Angers when they came up and how uh, solid they were and how they then changed and adapted their game. He is um, a really, really good coach. And if he is going to come, then do not be surprised if they start popping up in Liga. Yeah. Soon. I must admit, I, I did miss that link with Khan, but it seems like a good fit to me based upon, as you said, Jez, that their bad season as well this year. It, it does sound to me like a, like a quite a good fit. So um, look for, for Khan to be relegated next season based upon me saying that. But, you know. Uh, <laughs> Olivier Pico is now at Khan. He's the guy who was behind all the success at Angers and who brought Moulin in as the sporting director. So Yeah. Also makes a hell of a lot of sense. Needs needs a good appointment. And on the other side, I'm very, very worried for Angers next year. I was just going to say that their next appointment is massive now, isn't it? Because that, it, you, a club like that, you need to get the balance right, I would feel. And yeah, I, they need to get a good appointment in there. And, and first, I don't know who that man might be. But um, yeah. Roy Hodgson. <laughs> Roy, there you go. Well, I mean, you know, he's probably going I, I, I fit, although um, we'll come. I'm only saying that just because there there are sort of similarities. Because I don't know if it's clear or not whether Hodgson's leaving Palace, but Palace is also a very old squad. Yeah, there seem to be similarities. It sounds a lot like it sounds a lot like a mutual parting of the ways with Hodgson is is what is coming. If you judging by what's been sort of touted around, so it does sound like that that is going to happen. Of course, he has managed abroad, so. Uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe so. Let's um, let's move on to the, the race for third and fourth, respectively, then. Uh, Jez, I'll come to you first on this one. So Monaco and, and Leon are battling it out. I'm going to sort of put these two games together because there's kind of more on the Leon game, which we might come back to. Um, Leon beating Neem 5-2 and thus relegating the crops. So we'll, we'll touch on the relegation zone in a moment. But uh, yeah, good performance from, from Leon, who... They, they gifted the opener, has to be said, to uh, Kone Marcelo having a bit of a mare. Um, Lucas Paqueta scoring twice, Memphis Depay going through the 20-goal this season bracket. Uh, Hussamoa finishing a, a really nice move uh, to make it 4-1 at the time for a late Kone goal back. And then Isman Islam Samani getting the fifth. And elsewhere, it was that man Ben Yedda once again for Monaco in a slightly different looking kit. I think that's, uh, I think it's a one-off from what I was reading, but he sort of dinked Monaco into the lead before Golovan's deflected drive made it 2-0. Uh, De own goal from Burgos, uh, sort of semi-goal-bound shot after I thought Lecomte went a little bit walkies, got Ren back into it, but De Silva sending off late on ended that one. So Monaco winning. Uh, are you sort of confident enough to stick your neck out and say Monaco will secure third place because they're guaranteed in Europe now with that win well, I think they've been guaranteed that for a while to be fair but they still need to essentially better Leon's result on the final day would be a shame for Monaco to not claim third and of course technically although I think it's unlikely they could still win the title but are you are you ha- happy to put your, your head on the block and say that they're they're likely to finish third now um Firstly, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a shame if they don't finish third. I don't know why everyone's so obsessed with Monaco deserving it, but um, I, yeah, I, I, if you'd asked me a couple of weeks ago, I'd say 
possibly Leon favourites because I think on paper they've definitely got the what looks like the easiest final fixture. But Lance have, have I think they've got three defeats in a row, possibly now stuffed up their chances of of getting a European place themselves. So it feels like there's sort of less riding on this match for them, which might make it a little easier for, for Monaco. Um, and a point isn't enough for Monaco. So uh, I think Monaco will get the win that they need. Um, but I'm not saying that with a huge amount of confidence. The problem, I mean, I don't know. I mean, in a way, if, if the roles are reversed and Lyon were ahead, I'd probably put Monaco's stronger favourites because everything would be set up for Lyon to do a Lyon. Um, the fact that they're sort of behind and maybe got a little bit less pressure on them, I think Lyon will definitely do their bit. Um, especially because it's just been con confirmed that Alexis Claude Maurice, who's been in really good form for, for Nice, is, is now out for the season with a, a thing, a fracture, a leg fracture. Yeah, yeah, um, that's right, yeah. So I think I think Lyon will do their bit. It's just that I, yeah, I expect Monaco. I think with with Lance real loss of form um, to to post to to get what they need in Lens. If nothing else, will be the usual Ben Yedder penalty, and then you know, that'll be enough. <laughs> Mm. It, sorry, to, to be fair, he does score two kinds of goal, it seems. The penalty and the goal that he scored yesterday, which a fantastic little chip when put through, and they do seem to be his two signature goals. Yeah. But they do seem just penalties than chips. Yeah, I love that chip. Yeah, I love the dink. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it's a sort of vintage Ben Yedder goal, isn't it? But um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I must admit, I, I am on the I like. I'd like to see Monaco do well. Train. I think it's just. I think it's just the the sort of the the fresh approach Kovac has taken. The fact they've kind of come from nowhere, and I guess there's a, there's an element of me that just kind of just remembers those lovely days of a few years ago when they had the Mbappes and the you know the the uh, Bernardo Silvers and the Fabinhos and they were tearing up Europe and everything was wonderful with the world. So I think it's just kind of a part of me that's just. Uh, that's kind of why I want them, want them to do well. But no, on the flip I, side... I just remember the final Lyon teams as well. But yeah, I mean... Nice. Yeah. I, I, can, I can certainly see both angles, yeah. Um, and them in the Champions League next year will be very interesting because they're going to have to, you'd think, have to reinforce fairly significantly to to compete with some of the teams in, in, in that group stage. Otherwise, it might be another Marseille or Rennes situation for them. But as for Lyon, yeah, it looks like... I mean, obviously, they've definitely secured that fourth place and potentially could finish third, depending on, on those final game results. Uh, let's um, take a trip to the bottom before we kind of wrap up the middle end. And um, mentioned there in that Lyon game, we uh, we did see the Crocs go down to Ligue 2, Phil. They have gone. The, uh, the yeah. Crocs were skinned. Um, 35 points and they will finish 19th now, no matter what results happen on the final day. Pascal Planck's men gone. I mean, is I don't know. Is it has this been coming? Is that yes, a little bit hard? I think it it has, and this is where the phrase "mathematically possible" uh, mm. turns up an awful lot. But it was not practically possible, and I mean they they gave it their best. I mean, they scored two goals against Lyon, um, but. It was, yeah, it was a, 
a situation I think we'd all seen coming for a while. The, in a sense, the abjectness of Dijon meant that we weren't looking much higher up the table, but it was just they've got five, five points in the last five. They were trying, but the dip they had earlier in the season really gave them, I think, too much to do. Too much for that squad to do. So, you know, we, you've got Nantes who've got four wins on the bounce. Your guys who've got three wins out of the last four, you know, they they were really struggling and being up against OL, I think, was obviously not, not the game you want in the penultimate match of the season. So... You know, they've, they've done their best. I think the issue is, again, they're going to get picked off. You know, the players that were good and important in this season are going to go, and we're going to see another cycle. So it's going to be interesting to see how they deal with the, the window and you know, how that translates into next season for them. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of um, players you do look at and you think probably not going to be there. I mean, Ripar has had a, a pretty decent season. You'd expect him to move on to possibly one of the sort of middle-end clubs. Uh, Kone got the, got the goals last night. You think he would be of an interest to someone. Um, Nicholas Eliasson had a, a sort of good middle part of the season. Uh, I think probably Fomba as well. The one that really stands out is, is the midfielder Kubas, who yeah, just looks a player that at, maybe at a higher higher club. Dare I even say a, a Marseille? I think potentially could fit in rather well at 24 years of age. But fair hat, fair hat as well. Yeah, didn't even yeah. think about him. Crikey, yeah, that's that's another great shout. So oh, he's yeah. definitely going for some wedge. Yes, you kind of feel like that team is going to get systematically taken apart, and you wonder whether whether Plonk will will stick around in the uh, in the sort of mid to long term as well. I mean, I don't know what this will take out of him, but nevertheless, unfortunately, the crooks are gone, so uh, we will no longer have them next season. With regards to the teams battling it out, though. Oh, Jess, where do we begin here? Nantes, as Phil mentioned there, four wins on the spin for them. Another four goals. They've now scored, what is it now? Four, eight, oh, 11 goals in the last three games? Where that's come from, I mean, maybe you have to look at the opponents, but they won 4-0 last night against uh, Dijon. Yeah, I'm not sure Dijon were trying particularly hard last night. I don't night. think Dijon have been trying for about six months, to be mm. honest, but yeah, they, they won 4-0. Um, Lorient came uh, sort of within a whisker of dropping points, but fortunately uh, they got the win over over your your guys at Mets, although it has to be said, Traore, with the goal of the weekend in that particular game before all people uh, go popping up with the winner um, sort of just literally a minute later, which was lovely. Then you've got Brest on, on also 41 points. I should say Nantes on 40 points and in the playoff spot at the moment, Laurie on 41 on, in 17th, Brest 41 on, in uh, 16th place. They could only manage a draw away at Montpellier, who had 10 men. Strasbourg, um, I have a little bit of a man crush on Ludovic York. He's just he's just a wonderful man. Uh, he got two crucial goals away at Nice 
but they still only have 41 points, so they're still very much in the mix. And then you've got Bordeaux and Rams, both on 42 points. We mentioned Rams losing to PSG. Bordeaux got a, a really important 3-0 victory over uh, over Lens at home in a, a game where even Yusuf Sabali scored, which I think I'm right in saying is his first league and goal. Where do you see this going, Jez? I mean, what you said pre-pod, you're a little bit concerned about Brest, who we mentioned faced PSG, who are title hunting on the final day. Um, what what sort of is that the club that you think are most likely to drop, given Lorient and Nantes' form in particular beneath them? I'm really worried about Brest. Um, I've sort of got a soft spot for them because um, <laughs> I feel like I'm sort of somehow managed to crowbar Brighton into every podcast at the moment but they really remind me of Brighton this season in that I think they they play really good football and haven't come close to getting the sort of results that they that their football arguably deserves and they've sort of been been quietly slipping down the table Um, and just looking at the the last the fact that the teams below them have found form, you know the way that Lorient and Nantes have picked up these wins recently is 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 really good. And and obviously looking at the the final fixtures, I think it is on paper Brest have the the hardest match. Um, I mean, as I said, I, I do want Lille to win the the league so actually it would be perfect if sort of Brest managed to kind of spring a surprise to to get the the win and, and sort of help them help save them and um sort of squash PSG's chances of retaining their title but I do worry about them because I think Nantes have got the beating of, of Montpellier who are kind of on, on holiday already yeah. um Lorient Strasbourg frankly they could sort of if they draw, they're on both on 42 and they beat. That's kind of what I'm fine. hoping will happen, yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. And then with goal difference as well, I mean, well, it's close. I mean, even if, if, PSG if, if not draw, if not draw at Montpellier, which is highly likely, and Brest get hammered, Nantes' goal difference is significantly better than Brest's already. So if they both end up on forty-one points, as Brest who are in the um, in the playoff spot, I I think I think Nantes beat Montpellier. That's that's my slight worry I have as I'm, a Florian fan I'm here. Not- prepared to go that far, but <laughs> I am seeing a very very dull nil-nil draw, and that would still put Nantes ahead of Brest if Brest get beaten. I think they will If there's any worry there, they they can also just manage to work out a draw between them. That's the thing. As as I look at the fixtures, so, I mean, let's let's sort of dive into them a bit. Brest-PSG, I just can't see anything other than a PSG win, despite the fact, as you've said there, Jez, you know, Brest are... Certainly, and and isn't it amazing? It was unthinkable to think that they would be in any danger if you if we'd have said this, you know, even six weeks ago. I think we'd all said, "Oh no, Brest! They played lovely football. They've been entertaining. They'll be fine." And now all of a sudden, they're really not fine. But I just I can't see anything other than a PSG win then, which means Brest would essentially stay on that um, was it forty one point mark. If the only thing I'm hoping is that they've got a reasonable home record but you still got to put all your money on PSG there 
you mm. have you have and, and as i said i like i i just personally think the way nons are playing at the moment for whatever reason and you mentioned it there montpellier potentially on the beach a little bit now no, nothing really to play for i think non non win that game which takes them out of the playoff spot uh, i do you know, i'm trying to be as impartial as ever but i do worry that that Lorion don't get something at Strasbourg. I do think there's every chance that ends a draw. I do, which would take Lorient to 42 points. But then, like you say, if if Brest lose to PSG, it doesn't matter what anybody do, does above them, in particular Ram and uh, and Bordeaux, who again, like you mentioned there, I, that put money on a draw in that game. <laughs> put a lot of money on a draw, not a lot of money. That would be silly, but put money on a draw because both those sides just just really need the point. So I, I I can foresee a situation where where Lorient and, and Nantes do just enough and uh, and Brest end up falling. I just personally I just don't see any way that Nantes don't beat Montpellier, and I don't see any way PSG don't beat um, don't beat Brest. And then it just comes down to was it a four goal difference between Lorient and, and Brest? So let's just say Strasbourg were to beat Lorient. Um, if PSG win four nil, I mean what what does it come down to goals scored? If that's the uh, case, I presume yes. it does. Uh, Lorient have got yes. plus 49 and Brest have got plus 50. So, I mean, we could oh, see man. a situation where it comes down to literally one goal. Um, and I I don't really want to come out from behind the sofa for that particular game <laughs> at all. Um, I mean, I, I'd say I hope I'm wrong. And, you know, Stra- I mean, the, the other flip side of the coin is Lorient beat Strasbourg. And all of a sudden, Strasbourg are back into the mix because again, minus goal, minus nine goal difference. Uh, Brest minus fourteen, Nantes minus seven. So if Nantes were to win, I mean, <sighs> there's so many permutations. Oh, stop but maths! You're doing maths now. Man. There is there is so many permutations. Essentially, any of those clubs that win down at the bottom on the final day are almost certainly safe. Uh, and as you've said yeah. there, Jez, I think Brest... Which I think the is, is nice because... Oh, it's, it's entertaining, some, isn't it? Some, because it's terrible to see a team giving their all and winning and still losing. Hmm. So I think the fact that it is pretty much in everybody's hands or feet or whatever is is good that they can go out there not thinking about permutation, but just thinking, if we win, we're good. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the key thing, isn't it? It's, it, it is that in-your-own-hand situation. But yeah. I just hope Strasbourg and Lorient don't take the piss and enter the withdrawal, though. Yeah. Do you, do you, do you this think there is... isn't a Germany-Austria situation from whenever that was. Yeah. Do, do you think... Um... Do you think there is a situation where that could happen, Jez? And like, I mean, do you, do you feel do you feel like that's a realistic possibility? Uh, yeah, I think if if noise comes through that um, the uh, PSG have got a comfortable lead over Brest, then you know, half time PSG are two 0 up or something, um, then yeah, yeah, and draw and they're both fine. Shit house really at its finest is what we're saying here. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess, I guess we will see. I guess we will see. One thing we we do know is that we. I mean, we've already mentioned. Also, um, by the way, Thierry, I don't think Pelissier's like that. 
Um, no. But Thierry, Thierry Laura, I think, is quite big on shit. <laughs> he likes a bit of shit, Andrew. Yeah, and, and don't get it wrong, I'd like to see Strasbourg stay up as well, but just not at the expense of, of Lorient. So, um, yeah, rather not. We um, we mentioned a few weeks ago in, oh, well, last week, I think it was actually, that in, in Ligue 2 that Trois are promoted, uh, confirmed as champion, 77 points. We also saw, though, as a result of Toulouse's uh, midweek draw, that uh, Clermont Foot are going to be in Ligue 1. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong for the very first time in their history yeah. and uh, they of course are the club that were made famous by having a female manager twice I think I'm right in saying in, in the yeah, last twice in the space of a fortnight which is yeah. Yeah. less edifying but Coin Diacra did um, manage them for a year and I think won the Ligue, 1, Ligue 2 Manager of the Year award in the UNFB awards for what she did with frankly a small and not very good squad uh getting them up to yeah top half of the table so interesting that will be an interesting one a forward thinking club jess i saw you uh, i saw you tweeted the the uh, congratulations uh, tweet that they put up as well uh, are you excited by the idea of sort of a, a new club coming in uh, or do you sort of fear the worst for, for Gastien's men as they make the ascent into the uh, the unknown? I think a lot, as usual, depends on on who stays. If Gastien stays, if um, is it Bio is the top scorer, yeah. I think he stays. Um, who they bring in, but yeah, definitely excited to see a, a new team. Um, kind of nice to see a, a a club that I think, you know, a little bit like Toulouse, I think is known more as a sort of rugby area um, um, making their mark in football as well. So, yeah, really pleased yeah. for them. Good point, that actually. Yeah, yeah. Mo Bio has to be said, a uh, Guinean um, young young forward, 22 years of age, 26, is it? 22 checks notes or checks. 22. 22 goals this season in 38 appearances. That ain't bad. And the one <laughs> thing you need is, uh, is goals. Now, I would say that Gerbic's return for Lorient does dictate that it's not always as clear cut to score goals in the top flight as it is in, in Ligue 2. However, uh, <laughs> however, um, a goal scorer is going to be key for any club promoted this season, as uh, Lons have certainly showed as well with Gennaro. So, yeah, I think um, Alavina as well, their sort of winger, I think, was also nominated as one of the League players of the year. So, another yes. one to look out for. Yes, indeed. Yes. I think, did I see Rich tweet that? Is he an ex run player? I'm no, not... Rich is obsessed with um, oh, the defender. Pantuji into every single one of his. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants him to say hello to him. That's what it is. He just, he oh, just. God, uh, seriously, if he ever calls him his friend like Dembele once did. <laughs> I still remember that. Yeah, I still remember that. Followed him I still on remember it because Rich refers to it in every tweet he ever sends. <laughs> it's the small things in life. I should just say at this point, Lorient liked my tweet last night. So, you know, just, just saying. And I think years ago... All friends. I had a, I had a chat with the uh, the president on Twitter years ago as well. Um, but yeah. Anyway, let's move on. I, I think he follows me, but anyway. Oh, you see it? Yeah, there, there you are, pouring water all over my fireworks. It doesn't mean anything at all. I think two French World Cup winners follow me. It doesn't mean they've ever replied to any of my requests for an interview. I hear they love your work, Jess. Chuck <laughs> D follows me on Twitter. I'm not sure how that happened, but it's cool. 
well, you all sicken me. <clears throat> anyway, um, speaking of uh, speaking of sickening, well, that might be the feeling that whoever ends up in the Liga playoff might experience because they are going to face one off to lose Grenoble or Paris FC. Um, far be it for me to nail my colours firmly to the mask mast here, but I would love to see Perry FC come up just because it would be fun. Um, <laughs> but as outside of that, I can't give any other reasons as to why I'd like well, it. I, I thought there was only one club in Paris. Uh, yeah, well, uh, that would have you that would be what you would believe, indeed. Um, but no, indeed, there are two. So, um, yes, more well, than that, Pep. Just before Red Star fans start sending us <laughs> or three, yeah, good point, good point. But uh, it would it would be kind of fun if they were to uh, were to make the uh, the jump in, in into League Liga. But we shall see whether that occurs or not. They're going to have to say Rene Rene are back in Liga. That'd be interesting. Less <laughs> mm. what? Well, yeah, um, they play Grenoble Foot on Tuesday. Which is what tomorrow? Yes, tomorrow at uh, seven forty-five UK Not time. At Grenoble Food. Sorry, I'm looking at Claremont again. Sorry, Claremont are already up. Don't worry, guys. Don't well, worry, Hurry. I'd like Gren. I'm sort of torn. I mean, Toulouse. I sort of quite. I respect what they've done this year because I thought yeah. they, they were sort of on for a couple of years in the wilderness. And I they, thought they were on for a Bastia. Yeah, and they've really also, you know. They'd sort of given a lot of their very talented youth team some good chances, and and a lot of them have really shone this year. And also, I don't know how many of them will stay. I mean, um, Adley looks like it's probably already going to go to to Marseille, according to some rumours. Mm-hmm. Um, and Paris, I think it would be nice, but purely because of um, Grenoble's coach Hinchberger, who's a sort of mess legend, I'd quite like them to go up. Yeah. So, so what you're saying is, any one of the three, you're okay with. But. Well, actually, <laughs> Brest, they have to play in the playoff. I'd like Brest to stay up. So, yeah, I don't mind whatever happens. <laughs> I, I guess that's my only other question, because obviously the winners of Grenoble and Paris FC will then face Toulouse in what is technically the final of the playoff. And then the winner of that will face the, the side that finishes uh, in the playoff spot in, in Liga. I guess my question would be, and I, I know we can't really judge until the game, but is there a, a big gulf in, in quality between the likes of sort of L'Oreal, Nantes, Brest and the likes of Grenoble, Paris or, or Toulouse? For me, I feel like unless it's Toulouse in that playoff spot, I feel like the league and club is going to be a heavy favourite. Um, I don't know if you agree with that, but I just... Yeah, I sort of tend to yeah. that as well. Yeah, I just feel like Toulouse have got that little bit more experience and, and recent history of being in the top flight and ultimately will have more of and it. managed to hang on to more players when they went down which yeah. goes to that whole situation yeah yeah it, is, it could be an interesting uh, to, to lose breast game would be somewhat interesting i would suspect but uh and and the best part is bt sport will be showing the uh, playoff game so you'll be able to tune in and listen to jonathan pierce and clive allen rattle on about the good old days and talk about anything but French football. So that'll be a pleasure for us all, I'm sure. Uh, Less said, the better on that one. So uh, that's where we are in terms of Liga going into the final game of the season. We have kind of covered some of the fixtures, but let's just reel them off once again. So Angers against Lille. So as we said at the top of the show, Lille, basically, they can win the title by losing or drawing. 
but that will depend on PSG's game as they go to Brest. In an ideal world, Lille need to win. They know they need to win. If they win, that's it. Game over, done and dusted. Brest, PSG, similar scenario. Brest really need at least a point from that, but I think we're all in agreement. PSG are more likely to get the win there. Uh, Lons against Monaco might be quite an entertaining game and certainly a, a tough test for Monaco to secure that third place. They need a win or they need to better any result that Lyon gets. They host Nice, as uh, Jez mentioned there. Claude Maurice now out with an injury of the blow for Nice, who he's been in, in great form for. So that one will be interesting to keep an eye on. Uh, Mets, Mets Marseille. I think I'm right in saying Marseille. Haven't they secured that fifth spot? Yes, see. Well, they With have a ninety-fifth-minute penalty from Milik. Yes, against Angers at the weekend, which caused all manner of. Um, that was the Sampaoli moment. At the equaliser, Sampaoli lost his uh, proverbial. And then, uh, yeah, as you say, the, the late controversial penalty awarded to, to Marseille. So barring a six-goal swing, so Lons would need to beat Monaco by six clear goals, which I think is fairly unlikely. Uh, Marseille are, are pretty much guaranteed fifth spot and entry into the Europa Conference, I think I'm right in saying. Or is it directly into the group stage? I get confused. I don't, doesn't France have six spots, though? I think it's five guaranteed. I want to say six is the conference, and I think fifth is the oh, qualifier for the group I, stage. So I, I think I, is... Yeah. I Marseille have got some form of European football at the moment. That That's that's how I understand it. We're going to leave it at that. Uh, Nantes against Montpellier, as we mentioned earlier on at the bottom. Rams, Bordeaux, equally so. Rennes against Nîmes is largely redundant. Saint-Etienne against Dijon, the same. And Strasbourg-Lorient is certainly where my eyes will be this weekend. So we will certainly have a lot to discuss next week. Just before we round up a couple of other bits and bobs, uh, Jez, Julian Draxman, you contract thoughts? Cool. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I appreciate I've thrown that on you, but I couldn't resist. Yeah, no, I just, to me, it's, I mean, if it's because PSG realised that in this climate and considering his form of the last few years um, and he's close to the end of the contract, they're worried he's going to go for free, they're not going to make any money off him, fine. If it's because they think he deserves a new contract, then... I'm worried that PSG are not changing anything and they're still making the same mistakes again and again and again. And yes, his form has improved a tiny bit recently, but to me, it's just more of the same. It's more rewarding mediocrity and disappointment and underwhelmingness. And uh, I don't think it's good. <laughs> no, no. I, I tend to agree. And it's 2024, isn't the new deal? So it's they're definitely protect, pr protecting whatever investment they have there. I like him as a player, but I just feel like if there was ever a player that is stale, um, he, he's one of them. But, you know, hey-ho, it will be what it will be. Uh, where should we go next? Coup de France, Phil. Coup de um, France. Coup. Yes. Coup. Sad, sad times for your boys, but Monaco PSG is the final. Yeah. It Well, they gave it a good chance. It was 2-2 between Montpellier and PSG on Wednesday and it went to penalties and it was sad. Um, I think we, I've talked about how much I love Hilton, but maybe it's time to retire. Um, for Mbappe's second goal, he 
this will not come as a surprise out around Hilton to do that. But then after the wonderful counter and um, uh, equaliser from Andy Lawton here to third minute, it was a fairly chaotic uh, injury time. Hilton saved on the line, thus kind of, uh, you know, equaling out his earlier fuck up. And uh, Dimitri Berto also has been a wonderful cup keeper. Um, Jonas Omlin has been great in the league, but Berto is a really quality keeper. And I think a lot of Montpellier fans are kind of nervous that he will not want to be a number two uh, for another season. So he might, he's either going to want game time or to be, to go somewhere else. So it was uh, a very tense game. It was unfortunately Junior Sambia who um, missed the penalty for Montpellier. He's had a really tough season, personally, medically, etc. And so it was horrible that it was him that, that put it over the bar. Um, and PSG won there. But yes, PSG are through to the final where they will face Monaco, who beat Rumi of the fourth tier 5-1. But I thought, particularly in the first half, Rumi put up a better fight than a lot of legal teams have done against Monaco. They opened the scoring. Um, Captain Peugeot with the goal, with uh, an assistant cut out. Uh, then there was, oh, it was a horrible own goal from uh, Bozon. And then Chomeny got the second just um, around the half hour mark. And in the second half, I think Monaco just went through them. But uh, what you say from Rumi is it was a wonderful run. And I think a couple of those players are going to be moving up levels in the summer, uh, particularly Cotin, who is the midfielder, maybe Moke, uh, the centre-forward. I liked uh, Leongo on uh, the right wing, but also Dandeloni and the goalkeeper uh, did a pretty good job. I mean, yes, he conceded five, but it could have been a lot worse. So I think that was um, a kind of we say it's a dream match for a, a smaller team and they got their goal um, they made themselves um, big in that game yes they were beaten and they were beaten badly but they leave I think with their heads held high so that was a a, a kind of a an emotional but a kind of heartening night for them so on Wednesday, Monaco PSG. Yes, this coming Wednesday, yeah, in the final. And like you say, you know, no disgrace being such a small, small club in, in Women League. Like to, to to take the lead was their moment in the sun, but ultimately Monaco ran out winners. So uh yeah, should be a decent final that one. Um I don't know if it is actually live in the UK. I might have to look that one up, but if not. Um, there will be certain places you can probably find it on Tinternet. So, yeah, that will certainly be one to uh, to keep an eye out for, especially given the fact that it is being played um, before the end of the season. So momentum to whoever wins it, etc. 
and so on. Speaking of the end of the season, I think we've got just about enough time for uh, Jez and I to have a little rant about a certain thing. Um, Jez, the sort of nominations for the players in their positions uh, in, in Liga have, have been released. Um, I mean, I'll just let you sort of go for gold here. A few, I think it would be fair to say, questionable nominations once again for the for La Liste, as it is affectionately known. What's your kind of thoughts on this? What, what's got your goat? Yeah, I mean, I suppose you've got to start with the usual caveats that it's a team sport and everyone pretends they don't really give a shit about individual awards, even though everyone enjoys getting wound up by them each year and certain players mentioning no Portuguese superstars. Um, maybe do attach more importance to them than, than they should. And secondly, it is the footballers, I think also sort of coaches, journalists maybe, but it is mainly the footballers who vote for these. So it's to an extent stupid for everyone to say, oh, it's a complete joke and, and um, you know, have a go at you know people who know nothing about football because clearly footballers do know something. But you look at some of these nominations and there's just some very strange ones there. And you wonder, you know, just because you're a professional footballer, it doesn't necessarily mean you're interested in football and watch that much apart from, um, you know, your team or the, a little bit of videos of your opponents before the next match. And some of these nominations suggest that it's based more on, on names and, and sort of nominal reputations than anything they've done this year. So, I mean, you can go through sort of each category one by one, right? Liga and Coach of the Year, Galtier. I mean, this one, there probably shouldn't even be nominations because if Galtier doesn't get it, it's just a disgrace. But yeah. Galtier, Heiser at Lens, fair enough. Kovac, Monaco, fair enough. Pelissier at Lorient, to be fair, I think it's a little bit of a, an eyebrow raiser for me. I'm Even I'm willing sure to concede that. <laughs> yeah. Um, He's done a great then, job, but yeah, I agree. And then Garcia Leon, like... Yeah, that's the one that... Why? I don't, yeah. I don't entirely understand that one. Um, yeah, you know, in theory, he's on to do better than he did last year, but it, it, it still seems a very strange call to me. Um, I, I Obviously, I'm massively biased, but certainly until recent weeks, and I, I'm assuming that the vote actually took place a few weeks back. Why not Antonetti, for example, who overachieved with with Mess while Garcia has, you know, at, at best, if he gets third, he'll have done what he should have done. Arguably, yeah. actually finished a place lower than he really should be aiming for. So it seems strange to me. Um, goalkeeper of the year, Menon, absolutely. Navas, absolutely. But Lopez, Mondanda and Leconte, do any of them deserve to be there? I don't think so. Um, you know, Sells, who hasn't had a full season, but it's been great for Strasbourg. Again, I'm being biased, but Ukija has had a brilliant season for Mess. Yeah. Um, you know, Larsonneur, I think, has done really well for, for Brest again. Just some very, again, just strange calls to me, which again smack of... Oh, well, they're the sort of stalwarts of Ligue 1, aren't they? Of course, they must be the best keepers. Mm. Um, Mandanda, in particular, in particular, sorry. I mean, he, he's really looked his age this season for me. Yeah. Great servant, but wow. And, and Lopez, he's he's not a guy I would give a, a fine flan to carry across a crowded dinner table. Let's just say that much. Um, just, you know, he makes those brilliant stops, but you always get the feeling he's got a massive clangor in him, don't you? 
I still, I mean, I still like him. I still, I like him. Yeah. Think he's a decent keeper. I just, and I know he's like liable to chop someone's head off at some point, <laughs> but I just don't think any of those three have been close to their best this year. Again, it sort of doesn't matter because if anyone other than Menor or Navas were to get it, it would be a disgrace anyway. But it okay. just seems strange that those three are within the nominations. Young Player of the Year, I kind of like what Rich said, that seeing as there wasn't a vote last year, he has no issues with Camavinga being there because he didn't get it last year when he probably deserved it. But <laughs> on this year's form, and funnily enough, the nominations came out sort of a day or two after Camavinga gave an interview saying he hasn't been very good this year. Yeah. Camavinga does not deserve to be there. Um, Diop, Churameni for Monaco, yes. Guiri for Nice, yes. Kakare, fabulous Funny. when he's been given the chance, but he's only played half the matches because Garcia doesn't play him enough. So... Yeah. Even then, even though he's my favourite of those five players, I'm not sure he deserves to be there. Again, I'm just going to put it out there biasly. Pat Matasar, fantastic season for Mess. Why isn't yeah. he there? Terrible so, Moffy. Yeah, well, I don't. How old is Moffy? I think he's 22. Um, I did just as soon as the words came out of my mouth, I did suddenly think, actually, is he? Uh, is he eligible? Is it 21 to cut off? Uh, um, I don't know. He's he a nightclub in northeast. He is. He is twenty-one. So. So yeah. I, yeah, I, I think that's. Well. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Again, we're but, biased, but you know. <laughs> saving the best till last. Player of the season. And every PSG fan, I've, I have not seen a single person, including PSG fans, attempt to defend this. Mbappe, absolutely. Depay, no issues. Ben Yedder, personally, I think Volant deserves it more than him, but fine. And Yilmaz, absolutely. But the fifth nominee for player of the season is Neymar, who, as at last week, okay, he's had, now had one more appearance and one more goal, although it was a penalty. 16 starts, eight goals, four of which were penalties, two red cards. That is not player of the season. Um nomination worthy let alone anything yeah yeah absolutely ridiculous and every psg fan i've seen tweet about it has, has said the same and again yes the footballers vote for it yes it's only an individual award it doesn't matter but to me that does sort of make the whole notion of, of these awards laughable really yeah yeah there's there's a bit of an uproar in the uh, the online gaming community uh, or the, the FIFA community about um, they're currently in the midst of their team of the season, uh, which for those of you who don't game, it's basically where the, the, the best cards of the year get released. And there's a big hoo-ha about whether Neymar will get into the league season. And it never fails to amuse me when I see sort of various YouTubers and whatnot all over the internet going, well, Neymar's definitely in team of the season. He's been brilliant this year. And I'm just sat there quietly shaking my head going, you haven't watched one game this season, have you? Maybe Jonathan Pierce and Clive Allen's vote counts for more than anyone else. Well, yeah, but if that's the case, Clive Allen surely should be in the vote because he used to play for Bordeaux Jazz. I don't know if oh, you did know. did he? Yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah, amazingly. So, so uh, yeah. Next, should... next you're going to tell me that Saint-Étienne's goalkeeper was born. Anyway. Yeah, and, it's, and, and he wears green. Uh, and he's called green, so great. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I mean, individual awards, they don't mean much you know it, it is just a discussion point at the end of the day and I, I even question the winners of the awards unless it's a particularly 
uh, underappreciated talent, shall we say. I wonder how many of these awards just sort of go on the mantelpiece and never get mentioned ever again. Sort of situations like if you're Kylian Mbappe and you win it again, do you really care? Probably not. But at the same time, it is nice to see sort of actual, you know, realistic winners of these awards um and 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 people who have had brilliant seasons recognized for it so yeah i i, I raised an eyebrow as did you so uh, i'm glad we saw a like on there um so i think it's fair to say you you don't really care do you about the awards <laughs> based upon me and jez ranting about it pre-pod yeah i i just haven't i haven't seen any of it and i find that you see a list and then you can't think of who else there is because if you have to think about it you can't does that make sense the the problem with these awards as well i find is that they're they're announced at a time when basically if you have a good april or may you're probably in with a good chance of winning it because nobody remembers i mean i say nobody that's harsh but a lot of people tend to forget the you know the early season form and how brilliant a player was in august september october uh and you know on that notion alone you know you'd look at somebody was saying actually i think it's on twitter um i think it was strasbourg's one of strasbourg's fan base and they were saying actually when you look at it on paper uh lido york has got more goals than barack yilmaz now i don't think any of us are saying that yilmaz hasn't done you know incredible things and if lil win the title i think he probably should take that award um but when you sort of actually look at it on paper you can make an argument for quote unquote less fashionable or lesser players getting nominations. I mean, you know, Gaetan Laborde's another one, an underappreciated mm. player this season. So you can't give awards to everyone, but I, as Jez says, the Neymar one is just baffling this, for me. I just can't see it. This was a funny thing because obviously um there's been uh tension, shall we say, between Delort and Neymar and various people. Surely not. Uh, in previous <laughs> games. After the cup game, they posted a picture of them being all chummy and friendly and Delort smiling happily and saying, yeah, we're all good friends, whatever. Um, I'm pretty sure that, A, if PSG hadn't won, Neymar wouldn't have been that picture. But also, I'm not sure he saw uh, Delort's earlier uh, tweet about it, which was... um, kind of good luck Monaco in the cup final and Lille would be a really good champion. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yet more of the uh, aforementioned shithousery in full, full view there. Yeah. I I, I guess nowadays most professionals probably get on to a certain degree, but yeah, some of these, some of this voting is somewhat questionable, but Hey ho, we've, we've made our points. I feel Uh, just, just before we go, um, there's two things I want to mention to you connected with the same thing. Uh, first of all, the France squad is announced for tomorrow. Uh, sorry, is announced tomorrow. Uh, any surprises you foresee or any major changes that you can foresee coming? This is for the Euros, of course. Um, no, I can't. I don't see many surprises. I mean, it's the 26-man squad, so there's a bit more scope for maybe a couple of sort of experiments. But I think... We know Deschamps, I think we could probably sort of reel off, you know, 20 or so (laughs) names right now, which is fair enough. And also, I think, you know, some people, yes, we, we, 
Remember that I think there are only about nine players who were in 2016 and and 2018. So it's not like he he isn't capable of, of changing things, but I think he will stick with his settled squad. To be completely honest, I the only surprise that I can foresee, and I don't think it will happen at all, but I wouldn't be absolutely sort of you know shocked to the point of fainting if it happened i have no idea why i've just got a tiny tiny sneaky feeling that maybe he will include benzema really (laughs) can you imagine if that actually happened i mean Jesus. I, I think it's extremely unlikely, but I, I think it's, I think it's almost I just, impossible. I, really, I know it sounds silly of, of, to say it of a serial winner, but I really feel sorry for Deshaun because I just I think it's ridiculous the stick he gets. Mm. And you know that if France do anything other than win, it That'll will be, be his fault because Benzema wasn't there. Yeah. And even if they win it, look at the stick he still gets now. Like France are reigning world champions. Um, finalists of the last Euros in the last four of the Nations League um, and still non-stop like Deschamps and the France team keep getting stick from French fans Mm. I just a lot of them just don't deserve the success that France have at the moment and and, and on Benzema I mean I I like Benzema I think he's, he's had a magnificent season for Real Madrid I don't think that's in any question at all he's been absolutely vital to their but I mean, it's it's not Deschamps' fault that Karim kind of likes to film himself doing the dirty. I mean, you know, it's not his fault. It, it, that wasn't his action. So, you know, whatever you think of what's come about since then with the case, it wasn't it wasn't his choice. I'm with you. I don't really see any any surprises. My only slight concern is Olivier Giroud looked incredibly rusty for Chelsea's hilarious defeat on Saturday. Um, I do wonder if they need a they might need a better plan B than what happened at the last World Cup, which obviously was corrected by Giroud coming back in. I do wonder if they might need a bit more of a plan B in attack uh, coming into this um, this particular tournament, which makes me wonder could we see a surprise in in a selection? I don't I don't know whom or I don't know where, but I don't know that, that slightly worries me. The only other one I was going to bring up with you, and feel free to say to me if if you haven't seen enough of him, Jez, but. I, I follow a little bit of Bundesliga and certain players and clubs in particular. And um, having watched Upamecano get his ass torn out by Erling Haaland the other night, one player that's gone under the radar, I think, hugely this season, and I, lo- I really liked him at, Sh- at Sosho, and he's done brilliant things since joining Wolfsburg, is Maxence Lacroix. Um, have you seen enough of him to form an opinion? Because I, I just think that on form alone, he should be in and around this French squad, and he's not. What, what do you think? Do you, do you have an opinion? Have you seen enough of him? I like him a lot. I, I just I, Deschamps not like Dominic, who you know. I thought I'd chuck in Chimbonda just as a laugh, and you never know <laughs> what he might do. If we haven't seen him there yet, I don't think he's suddenly going to pit, to appear. I mean, even like. Pava and Hernandez, who were sort of surprise starters for the World Cup, we kind of knew that they were there or thereabouts. Yeah. Um, I think Lacroix maybe has got a little bit further to go, but, um, you know, he's 21 now, and I, I don't know exactly how the rules work for qualifying for um, un, you know, the Euro, under tw- the under 21 Euros and the Olympics, but I think it's more likely that he'll, I think 
he's absolutely if he maintains his form and his improvement i think he's not far from the french squad but i think he he'll probably go via the under 21s first yeah yeah i think at the olympics you can have is it two overage players i think i'm right in saying so yeah that that actually does make a lot of sense but well uh, Gignac is on the short list apparently. is he really <laughs> or long list, yeah good old andre pierre um of course by the way i love upamecano and yeah, me too. He did have his ass handed to him, but I still I don't like Holland. I I go back and forth. Sometimes I like him, sometimes I don't. I, I quite like the brashness and the uh, the open interviews and and the style of play, but I still can't. I don't like. I find him really unpleasant. I, I can't I can't get the running style out of my head. It just looks so bizarre. But um, yeah, we'll we'll all be happy when he turns out for PSG next year and an unexpected seventy eight million pound move. Anyway. Uh, enough of that but uh yeah i think it's definitely one of those um i think it's definitely one of those uh squads that we expect the norm or whatever you can call the norm but um yeah we'll, we'll cover it next week let's put it that way we'll uh, we'll cover what's what is selected uh, and I, th- I think it's fair to say france has still got as good a chance as any to to win this euros um although i still don't know what kind of tournament we're going to get i guess we'll have to see Anyway, uh, I think we will leave it there. I don't think I've forgotten anything in this jam-packed week that we've had. So I hope I haven't anyway. But uh, as usual, uh, thank you for tuning in and uh, thank you for being part of us. One more episode this to go this season and uh, and then we'll we'll decide what we're going to do for the Euros. We'll probably be around for the Euros, but uh, of what capacity, um, we'll have to have a chat amongst ourselves and work out. So we'll get back to you on that one. But uh, until that time, uh, it's time for us to uh, disappear into the night. So uh, many thanks to both Jez and Bill for their time. Thanking you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, whatever happens this weekend in Liga, as I say, we will have it covered for next weekend or next week as it will be when we record. I think we all probably would be in agreement that we kind of hope they'll win it. No offence, PSG, but it would be nice just to see somebody new. And I think we can all agree that uh, we want Lorient to stay up. No, just me. Okay, well, that's fine. Until next week, enjoy your French football, and we'll speak to you very soon.